Hey there, it's Jamie Scrimger here, and you're listening to the Kick-Ass Stepmom Podcast. I'm a wife, a mom, a stepmom, a coach, a conversation opener, and a BS caller. Eight years ago, I found myself sitting on the bathroom floor, bawling my eyes out, wondering what the heck I was thinking, marrying a man with three kids and an ex-wife. Look, don't get me wrong. I was madly in love. The kids were great. But being a stepmom is, well, it's just complicated. If you know, you know. As a 26-year-old with zero experience in the parenting department, I went to the internet for support. But I was disappointed with what I found. So I decided to create the type of support I was looking for. Raw, real, solution-focused conversations about all things motherhood, stepmotherhood, and living a kick-ass life. Life can be hard, really freaking hard. But it's entirely possible to thrive amongst the tough stuff. Each week, I will bring you tips and strategies and mindset shifts to inspire you to live your own version of a kick-ass life. We'll bring you along as I create my own. Let's do this. Hello, hello. Welcome to the Kick-Ass Stepmom Podcast. If you've been tuning in for a while, welcome back. And if you are new, welcome. We are pumped to have you here, pumped to have you join us. And hey, so every once in a while, I feel called to explain the name of my podcast, the Kick-Ass Stepmom Podcast. I know I just said that, but today is one of those days. So the name, the Kick-Ass Stepmom Podcast, it does not come from this belief that I am some kick-ass stepmom who knows everything about being a stepmom, not even close. When I first started this platform, I was trying to figure out a name for my first coaching program and then for my podcast. And while I was doing that, I thought a lot about what I wanted for my life and for my community and for the women that I work with. And the first thing that came to my mind is kick-ass life. I want to live a kick-ass life and I want that for you too. And that is where the name Kick-Ass Stepmom came from. I am really just here to share tips and strategies that have worked for me and to provide you with tools to live a kick-ass life amongst all the extra stress and, well, BS, that can come with being a stepmom. Stepmom life is complicated. Like, there are days when it's really easy and it's lovely, and then there are days when it's hard as hell. And I want you to know that you're not alone. I'm a big believer that with the right mindset and work ethic and strategies, you can overcome and thrive amongst any of the tough stuff that comes your way. So yeah, that's the lowdown, especially if you're new. That's what we're all about here. Now, today's episode is a little different. This interview is not really like my typical interviews. I interviewed Kat and Nat. They are the creators of Mom Truths, which is a viral YouTube series. They're best-selling authors, content creators, entrepreneurs, podcast hosts, BFFs, and moms of seven. So if you are a mom and a stepmom and have been on Facebook in the last few years, chances are you have seen at least one of their viral mom truth videos. And if for some reason you have been living underneath a rock and haven't, be sure to head on over and check them out. In this episode, we really just shot the shit and chatted about life and parenting, recovering from COVID, our parenting goals. We talked about the importance of asking for help asking for what you need from your partner and your community, even if it causes you guilt, the things that moms feel guilty for but shouldn't. We talk about our goal of raising kids who want to come back and see you once they're grown up and how to connect with your teenagers and dealing with judgment. And we also dive into how this new generation is breaking all the rules that have held us back. We talk about their daughters and the inspiration behind their clothing line, Tay Livy, which is a clothing brand basically based on the premise that sizes are bullshit when it comes to our kids and how 
The sizes according to age, like when you're 12, you're typically supposed to be in a size 12, or when you're eight, you're supposed to be in a size eight. It's actually just bullshit. And it starts this negative self-talk for young girls at a really young age. This episode was basically just three moms trying to fit in an interview between dog barks and kids and pick up and trying to figure out what's for dinner. I hope you find some value in it. And if nothing else, it serves as a reminder that we're all just trying to keep all the balls in the air, doing the best that we can, and that you're a good mom, and that we're good moms, and that we're all good moms. Now, before we dive in, if this episode resonates with you, do me a solid, share it out on your Instagram and tag at Kat and Nat and at Jamie Scrimger. And if you haven't already, I would be forever grateful if you could leave a review on iTunes. These reviews are freaking gold for us in the podcast world and help us spread the word, keep growing, and get more kick-ass guests to interview. All right, let's dive in. So how are you guys? Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having us, Jamie. Thank you. You know what? You guys were one of my first guests on the podcast, I think, when I first started years ago. So it is good. I think we, it was how to live a go fuck yourself life was the title of it. So, oh, that sounds appropriate. And we're still doing that. You are still doing that. So how is life for you guys right now? Like we're in Ontario pandemic is like here, but gone. Like kids are back to school. Like how, how, what's going on over there? Do you want to know? Honestly, I'll tell you, honestly, we're like now I feel like through a really bad time. I feel like it's been a mountain and the mountain never ended. I don't know how many moms like felt just like, is this my life? Like, I don't want this life. <laughs> this is a terrible life. And then I feel like year two, after we came back from traveling, it was like a new energy had come in. Like a new, like, I feel like a new focus, a new energy, a new, don't you think that? Like everything just kind of like. Since we got back from Florida? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, clear our shit out in order to make room for, like, okay, let's stop feeling sorry for ourselves and get the fuck on with life and begin to, you know, really refocus. I feel like we're in a refocusing mood right now. I feel like we're, like... Yeah. And we're doing a good job. Us? Yes. I think we're doing a... I feel like there's a new energy. I said, you know, when we were on tour recently before this last shutdown, a lot of people said, you got me through the pandemic. And I was like... I thought we were terrible. Like, I didn't even enjoy our content during the pandemic. Like, I thought, like, if I had to watch myself make another meal, I was going to vomit. Like, I'm like, we're so boring. Like, we're not even funny. Like, we're not laughing. We look like losers. (laughs) We're, like, not even, like, ourselves. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, Kat's, like, she'd be, like, doing Insta story. She's, like, it has come to me doing an Insta story about cooking, which is normal for me because I, you know, like, I I love to cook and I love to be in the kitchen. But Kat doing a cooking segment or stories would be, like, me lifting weights. Like, it it has come to a bad place if we're storing about that stuff. I also feel like we've been playing around for two years because we've been waiting. So we've been waiting for things to change. We've been waiting for things to open. We've been waiting for like waiting. Does that make sense? Like, cause there was the pandemic and then we went back to normal here in Ontario. So you traveled into tour in the middle of that, right? You got out in the middle. We've been traveling since summer of 2021. Right. So you guys have been able to do that. 
yeah, we were able to like, it was just like perfect timing. You know, when we got back from our last tour, which was actually in, like, we just weren't, we did a show in California a month ago, but when we did our last tour, it was in Canada and it was literally like the next day, the theaters weren't going to be open anymore. So we got to pack in a lot of, a lot of good time out there. And like you said, like we do, we like meeting strangers. We like meeting new people. They like, they recharge our battery just from like, just it, whether it's a server at a restaurant or someone that we're meeting backstage or a, like a mom at a show, it's just, it's what fuels us. And when we were waiting, we, that also sort of put, it sort of put a little bit of like, like two years, it was almost like it was on hold for all these opportunities that we were excited about. And now it's like, they're all, it's all coming back and, and, and it's all opening up for us again. And we, but we, like Kat said, since we've been home from Florida, which was like, now it's been like a week and a half, we really were like, we need to clean up our, clean up our act, clear out our heads and be prepared. We need to be like physically and mentally prepared for what's to come. You know, we're, you know, we're launching a bunch of things and we're going to be doing a lot of TV and a lot of tours and we need to feel good. So the day that we got back from Florida, we were like, okay, that's it. We are back on WW, we are tracking everything. We are drinking water. We're getting good sleep. I've been getting such good sleep since we got home because it's a priority. I said to my husband, he said, I said, we're going to clean it up. And he said, how can I help? I said, let me go to bed early so I can track my sleep and have good sleeps. Yeah. You know what? I really like that you just said that because I am having a conversation with a lot of the stepmoms in my community and they're like, how do you not feel bad for asking to go to bed earlier or to like, you know, she does. I don't. I was a little confused because I don't feel bad at all ever for doing anything for myself. I don't know. Like, all I know is when I'm okay, everyone else is okay. And when I'm feeling shitty and tired and not taking care of myself, I am not a very good mom or stepmom, wife or person, just in general. Like, I am not good. Can we also just talk about why is it not acceptable to be tired at 10 p.m. at night? Like, isn't that the whole point is to be tired at the end of the day? You're staying up till 10? Like if you're not tired at the end of the day, what are you doing that you're, you should be tired. You know what? You're not doing enough if you're not tired at 10 PM. Like, yeah. So she doesn't feel the guilt like you. She's, she'll hop into her bed at seven 30. I'm like, I mean, I don't know if who's listening out there, but obviously if, if they, these people brought this conversation up to Jamie, then she has, then other people feel the same way. I, I literally had to ask him to let me go to bed because I feel like our kids are going to bed later and he wants time with me and I just want to go to bed and he's insulted. Okay. Yeah. Can we dive into this? Because that's what they're feeling. They're saying that their partners are feeling upset and insulted and that's why they feel guilty about going to bed early. Oh, I just don't, I just don't feel like at seven 30, I, there is nothing I need to do after dinner ever, unless it's wine. Like, honestly, I don't feel like that's when any of my jobs happen. So I don't feel guilty for doing that, but you do. I don't want to, but I feel the pressure from him wanting to hang out. And I hate that feeling. Cause I mean, if I think to myself, if I lived alone. And, and that's like, if, if I stay awake till, cause they go to bed, Jamie, at like midnight, like it's not even a reasonable time. They hang out for so long. And I'm like, you're going to just eat. Cause it's there and you're not even hungry. You're going to drink because it's what you do. And I was like, I said to her, I'm like, this is like a time in our lives where it's like, we have done enough of this, like giving, going, going. And I'm like, I'm just, I think I'm done. I think I'm done. Like I, I really even like 
exercising, doing all the things, it becomes, you kind of hit a point where it becomes for different reasons. And for a long time when you're younger, it's vanity, right? You do this whole thing because you're like, I should, or I want to. For some, it's mental health or whatever. But I think when you get to a certain point, it's like, this is what I'm going to do for me, for my life, so I feel better. And you can't really run from your age when you get there because, listen, fucking cheese is terrible for some of us after 35. It's terrible. Like, you know what I mean? You don't realize these things until you begin to focus on it. And if you don't have time to focus on how you're doing or feeling or sleeping, then you're just going to feel like shit. Like, I don't want to live on caffeine and sugar for the rest of my life. I don't want to. I don't think that that's not the solution to how we live. The solution is taking moments to make a meal and to go to bed early because you want to and feel better in the morning, you know? Yeah. And that makes you better to hang out with your partner, right? Like you're in a better space to hang out with them. So when he said that to you, what did you say? Like, you know, like you're, so you're like, I just need to go to bed early. Did he feel offended or was he like, I'm here to support? He was kind of hoping that if I, if I wanted to like clean things up and feel really good. And he said, how can I help? I think he would have preferred. I said, we could go on runs together, you know, but that's not what I said. How can I help? Like I'll, it would have had something to do with physical activity for sure. And because he just thinks he just, uh, you know, he's got his own trainer. He works out every morning. He thinks that's great. I, I totally get that. That's his thing. But I, even if I'm going to start doing any, you know, I, I, I do walks now, but if I, if I'm going to introduce more, I'm going to do it with Kat. I'm not going to do it with you, babe. Anyways, was he offended? I don't know. I didn't look at his eyes long enough to look for the judgment. And I have been going to bed and I did say to him, after the first week, I'm like, it's been a week of us, you know, you know, like following our program and doing a good job. And I want you to know that I feel good. And I appreciate you not making me feel bad for going to bed. Yeah. And that's a really good tactic. Even after a week, he's probably seeing you're showing up better. You're happier. You're healthier, like all the things. And so that trickles into your family. Now you guys are really big on, it takes a village parenting. So that's just, you have no problem asking for help. Like you have you are supporting each other. Can you talk about, you know, the mindset behind that? Because again, that's another thing that a lot of moms and stepmoms feel guilty for is like asking for help, taking time for yourself. Like all of the things we know we need to do, there's still this mom guilt around it. And I'm like, what's happening? I'm going to let Kat answer this, but I'm just going to say we were not always good at this. I think it's the nature of where we, what we where we live and what we live in, which is North America. And I think that we apologize for asking for help and we apologize for having help, paying for help. I think we are seen as less like, oh, they're, you know, way back when we were told, oh, they're not real moms because they have help. And I was like, we travel, we have to have, like, we need to have help or they're not real moms because they don't do the laundry or they're not, you know, this whole thing of what a, re- a real mom is supposed to be is so interesting to me. And I think that when you begin to not apologize for, you know, needing help or um, asking for help, you know, this weekend I was like, Nat, I have to go to soccer. Can you take Chloe? Like, like it's constantly asking. And I wasn't like, I'm so sorry to ask you this. I was just like, you know, she is that cool? And she's like, oh my God, obviously drop her off. And I think that it's just this notion of, you know, taking this thing that you're a better mom because you do it all. It's not true. Like you're not a better mom because 
you're you're you do everything and you're there every night and you put them you're the only one that puts them to bed and you're the listen you're a great mom if you do that but you're not a better mom than I am when I travel there's no such thing as a better mom and I think that it took us a long time to realize that having more people in their life to love them and to help you is only beneficial for everybody and you know in 15 years, I hope there's no such thing as the nuclear family anymore in terms of like this mom. I hope that there's an abundance of love of of people who love their children and whether that's co-parents or step-parents or bonus parents or aunts or grand, my mom is, both of our moms are very involved in our children's lives and that's acceptable. That's good because it's my mom. You know what I mean? So I'm, I'm just hopeful that the village is seen as like empowering and it's not asking for help. It's just something that we all do to help each other. And, you know, the best way I see it is carpooling. And I see so many mom think of it as carpooling and, you know, do it when you're younger, like carpool as much as you can from when they're newborns. And I don't mean literally put your kid in the carpool, but share the load. If you can afford help and need it, fucking my marriage is better because I have people who clean my house. My marriage is because we don't fight all weekend about me wanting to do something and him wanting a clean house. You know what I mean? So you have to really like, just be like, fuck the jet. Like, I think we hid that we had someone clean the house. She comes once a week for, I think his parents don't even know still possibly, you know what I mean? Like, then I won't show this clip. (laughs) I'm just joking. No, I don't care because I'm just like, it's probably seen as like, it's probably to some seen as like, oh, to some, like you're home. Why can't you clean the house? You know? Yeah. Well, we actually have this wonderful woman named Kim who works for us. And she has been with me since Reese was like four months old and I was drowning and she will do our dry cleaning. Or if I need to like return something to the post office, she like on her lunch, when she comes and cleans, she's like, Hey, do you want me to go run and do any errands? I'm like, 100% I do. Can you please take this to the post office? Can you do this? Can you do that? And I look at it too, as a working mom, I know what my time is worth an hour. And I know what my time with my children is worth. And so if I can delegate that out and continue to grow and do the thing that I need to do, I actually don't think there's any shame in that. I think it's agreed. Smart math. Agreed. You know, it really just, it really just makes sense. But you know, women are mean. But even if you're not a working mom and you still need, it's not your forte and you, that's what you need to help you in a certain, your mental load. I really think we underestimate the mental load of woman, motherhood and womanhood. And just because you're not physically cleaning the house, it doesn't mean you're not doing the ortho class list, class presence, doing like driving, scheduling, who's got to go where, teach your parenting trip. What if your child needs extra help? Like it is, it's never, it's never ending. It's never ending. Like Nat and I got dinner done today together. Like we got, we know what we're making. We knew what we were making at 10 o'clock burgers and hot dogs. And we were like, feels so good to know what we're making for dinner at 12. We went and got the meat. Like we're, but the mental load of knowing what was done for dinner was like a deep sigh of relief. Oh, 100%. And when I go back to like, how much is your time worth? How much is your mental health worth too? right? Like that you, there, you put a value on that too. Like if you can pay someone 20 bucks or 15 bucks to help you out and they're so excited to have that work too. 
everyone is winning here. I don't think there's any shame in that. But you guys are super... No, I mean, it's definitely a privilege. Like, we can talk about access to privilege 100%, but it is a, it is a mutually paid job. And if they, you know, if it's... It, like, it's amazing if you can you can access that and it, it is something that allows you to work and do the things. Yes, that is asking for help in the villages, not just other moms. I think it's really important to know that a lot of moms have extra help behind the scenes that isn't just neighbors coming over because we also know a lot of people don't have that. You know, mother-in-laws, mothers, they're single moms, you know, their their partners are deployed and they're solo on the middle of nowhere. They don't have anyone. Yeah. But you just even, anyone would help you if you can, right? If you can ask them. So don't be afraid to ask. Everyone's excited to help other people. It's human nature. If you have been to my website in the last couple of months, you will have noticed that it is totally revamped in the best possible way. I have been asked so many times who I hired to do my website. And the answer is me. I used one of Tonic Site Shop's templates. And guys, every time I go to my website, I am in awe that I did it on my own. Tonic's Show It templates are fully customizable, gorgeous on any device, with a seamless WordPress blog to match and SEO power that will blow your mind. There's no code, no tiers, no limits. I know people who have spent thousands of dollars on customized websites and ended up feeling disappointed. But with Tonic, you do not have to search high and low for the right designer or spend endless hours, money, and bottles of wine trying to nail down your online presence. You just download your template, upload it to show it, customize it to fit your online brand, and bam, you've got a gorgeous, user-friendly website. Now, I have been blogging and podcasting for several years now, and I had a lot of content that I needed to switch over to WordPress from my previous provider, so I was a little reluctant to make the switch. I didn't want to mess any of the links up or the content that I've shared over the years, but it was so simple. Show It took care of the switch, and all my content was moved over to WordPress, no big deal. On my old provider, I felt stuck with the template. I wanted to move things around and change fonts, but I couldn't. It was so complicated. But Tonic Site Shop's templates are incredibly user-friendly with just drag and drop design. And you can customize anything, fonts, colors, layouts, like endless options. And it looks good on every device. No more saying, really, it looks way better on the computer. It looks great on mobile too. So when I decided to redesign my website, I wanted to create a user-friendly experience for you guys. I wanted you to be able to navigate the website seamlessly, get all the information that you needed and feel like you were personally connecting with me as you scroll through the page. I feel like I've done that and more. My only regret is that I didn't do this sooner. So if you are ready for a website that feels like it was made for you, because it kind of was, I have a code for you. So you can use the code KICKASSSTEPMOM for 20% off your template. Head to www.tonicsiteshop.com and use the code KICKASSSTEPMOM, all caps, for 20% off your template. The hardest part will be choosing what template you want because they are all freaking gorgeous. KICKASSSTEPMOM for 20% off any website template. You're welcome. I want to tell you about Stepmom Magazine. When I first became a stepmom, I always struggled to resonate with the support out there. There was just this huge double standard. Moms were encouraged to keep it real and stepmoms were judged for doing the same. And amongst the overwhelming amount of resources for moms, there really wasn't much for stepmoms. That resonated with me at least. Except for Stepmom Magazine, that is. In fact, almost 10 years in, Stepmom Magazine is the only resource that I revisit time and time again. 
So Stepmom Magazine is a monthly online publication for any woman who's dating, living with, or married to someone with kids. The articles are written by all the leading step family therapists and coaches, and the support is second to none. Stepmom Magazine has tons of information on topics like co-parenting and dealing with stepkids and dealing with the ex and disengaging and raising teenagers and being a full-time stepmom and having an ours baby. They cover it all. If you're a stepmom listening to this podcast, you need to check them out. And you can use the code JAMIE20 and you'll save 20% off anything and everything in their online store. So that's all subscriptions, back issues, and stepmom eBooks. This magazine is the longest standing, highly regarded stepmom resource for a reason. Go to stepmommagazine.com and use the code JAMIE20 and save 20%. So I have a question for you guys about just like being authentic and dealing with judgment and stuff online, because I know you guys are just, you guys were authentic before authentic was cool. You know what I mean? Like before it was like the buzzword, you guys were always just like who you were and you don't care, right? Or maybe you do care, but you continue to do what you're doing. Getting scared, Jamie. We're caring less and less than we even less before. Well, yeah. Well, I remember when we first met, I knew you guys didn't care then. And I know you don't care way more now. So it's like, (laughs) it's definitely this process, right? Mm -hmm. And I know for me, I used to think I didn't care what people thought. And now it's like, just, it keeps evolving and, and you keep growing, but what do you, what's your thoughts on that when you're talking to women who are so scared of showing up as themselves, being themselves, you know, like we're talking about asking for help because of the judgment from other people? How do you guys handle that? Oh my gosh. I, you know, it's, it's really hard to give someone else the confidence in themselves because it's something that you have to, confidence is something you have to work on and earn and it takes a long time. But if you have confidence in yourself that you're doing a good job and the best that you can, and like, like someone could never say to me, you're not a good mom because I'm doing the best that I can and I think I'm good at it. So I'm, I'm, I'm confident in that job that if somebody were to try and hurt me with a comment, I can't feel it because I know my situation better. And I, and, and then the other thing, and we're trying to teach our children this too, is like the only people that really matter are yourself and like the circle around you and what their, their opinion is. And hopefully you've surrounded. And they're going to judge you too, by the way, like, you know, the people around you will even like, we know a lot of people who won't share things because you know, their, their mom's watching or their dad or their father-in-law or whoever. But hopefully you have a circle of people, and maybe it's not your mom because she does judge you, but it's other people that you can bounce ideas off of and that you care what they think. But you have to decide who those people are that you really care about their opinions. And they're the only ones who can like, you know, really get to you or tell you the truth or be honest with you because someone online that you've never met who has an opinion of you, why does it really matter to you? And I, and I know how hurtful comments and other people that you don't know can be to you, but I just wish that everyone could sort of have that coat of armor to say, I'm good with who I, you need to decide, am I okay with who I am? Am I doing the best at my job that I can do? Which don't compare yourself to anybody else. You're doing the best you can do with your capacity, with your situation. And then, and then just be okay with it. I think that we have overcomplicated confidence and I think we've overcomplicated as a society, hyper, we're, we're hyper-focused on it. And I, I think that it's almost a detriment now, the amount that we focus on it becoming a thing, because it's not really something you can just read and get. It's like we have to stop trying to achieve it and 
kind of start living it and understanding that like it's not just going to appear one day you're not going to you're not going to like get something or lose something or get like there's nothing you can really do other than believe it in yourself like it's sort of like it it's like we're going backwards in the conversation because we often say our moms were single moms and when we stopped and asked like we asked them recently on a podcast did you feel guilty as a mom they're like fucking I don't have time like no like it's almost like this conversation of confidence and being it is so privileged because we have time to even stop and, and think about it which is great it, it is an important conversation but I think there's nothing wrong with some days being like well today's not the greatest day and I don't feel my best and that's okay and then tomorrow it's like I think it's celebrating the emotions of life and not just being something and you know someone could I mean we were saying to someone yesterday someone's podcast that people have pointed things out to us that we would have never have noticed about ourselves like what like someone was like the way you smack your apple I'm like oh my god you smack when you like things that we never really would have thought about and I'm just kind of like and physical things too that I'd never like I can be I uh, there are things that I that, uh, on myself that I don't love the most but I didn't realize there was more than what I saw after knowing <laughs> myself all these years Oh, okay. All right. And if you realize that everybody is so self-consumed, no one's looking at you. Nobody. Do you think that's true though? I'm going to challenge that. Do you think that's true? Because they are like, the people who are criticizing people are looking and are judging. Yeah. They're thinking more, 10 times more about themselves than they're thinking about you. Yeah, true. But they're thinking about you enough to put you down or to judge you or to have those side conversations. And they're only doing that for, for, for their very own selves. They're really, they don't care. They don't care so much that how you're going to take it is that they feel good sending it out there because it makes them feel better because something inside them isn't feeling great. You know, it, it, it Nat and I once said like on our podcast, I was like, we can't, I, we've never said to each other, I hate that person. Like in my, we've never talked about people we hate or like things we like, I, it's not even in our day to talk about thing, other people. Guess you're, I, I just guess that it's just a new way of people communicating and, and it's unfortunate, but it could, it's like, why waste time on that? Like why waste, there's not enough time in the day to waste time on people who choose to hate you. Cool. Hate me. All right, let's move on. You know? For sure. And I think for those people too, they're struggling, right? There's obviously something that is deep and it's easier for them to focus on things that are maybe wrong with someone else than the stuff that they feel like they should be changing in themselves. And that's super uncomfortable. Like when you're really diving into like your own growth and your own change, it can get really, really uncomfortable. So I always try to bring it back to that. Now you talked about your kids. So I would love to talk about just the relationship that you guys are really focused on building with your children. So you had this quote on, I was going through your Instagram, like catching up before the pod. You had said something that it was posting your two oldest girls. So thankful that these two still want to be around us. We still want to spend time with us. To all the mamas with babies and wonder what's coming, the best is yet to come. So teenagers and pre-teenagers, like they can be, it's a thing, right? Like it can be a challenging time. What's your advice to moms and stepmoms who are trying to create and cultivate this type of relationship with their teens you're so close to your teens too right yeah like we're like they still kind of grunt and want to hang out in their rooms and like do their things but yeah we're we we all like they don't hate us 
So I think we're good. (laughs) I mean, listen, our girls are super young. So I think that we're not, we're really young in the process of them being 12 and 13 years old. And I think that we have a cool job, which helps a lot because they can relate to us in a way that a lot of people can't relate to their parents' work or what they do, or they're kind of just these. The way that they're, they see us too, is that we're interested in things that they're interested in, which often doesn't happen with parents and teenagers, but they know that they care about Snapchat, they care about Instagram, they care about TikTok, and so do we. And so we can have these conversations because we have that in common. And and it doesn't have to be um, social media, although for a lot of teenagers, their world kind of revolves around it. But just to have things that you act like, you actually take interest in something that interests them. And I remember when my, my kids were babies and they would, you know, they were little and they'd want to play. And I would always say like, I'm not a kid, so I'm not interested in playing with those toys. Like play with another kid in this house, but I, I don't like I don't like playing games. I don't like playing toys. I'm I've I've matured out of that. We related less to our kids younger than we do when they're older. Yeah. I agree. I'm the same. Now that they're older, I, I feel like they have they talk about the same like things and issues, the things they learn in school is the things that's on the news, the, the, the things that are trending on, on, you know, on the internet are things that we know about too. So it's easy for us. I think our generation is changing. Like I think our generation as we sit here all right now is going to parent differently because of access to their world and vice versa. And I feel like if you aren't afraid of it, it really is just commonalities, listening to them, being part of their world and not just parenting them in terms of like seeing them as people rather than just always like, no, yes, you can do this. No. And, and feeding them. But I think giving them some individuality, like an actual tools would be, you know, share TikTok, share, like, like send TikToks to each other or get my daughter loves golden retrievers. You have one. So I sent her videos on TikTok of that. Like, I just think it's just getting to know them as people, like individuals. And I think there's a big shift there too, right? And because for the longest time, like I think when I grew up, it was like, this is what you need to do to be successful. This is the stuff that you need to do, like go to university, then you get a job and then you, you know, get married and all the things. And it was like, your parents knew better than you. So this is how you need to do it. Like you respect us. These are our rules. We are the boss. I think there's a big shift being like, who are you outside of this? You know, my stepson has challenged us so much in the last like a couple of years about what we thought was best for him as if we knew what was best for him. It was a huge shift in us in terms of our parenting because Darren and I both just loved university so much. Like we were those people, we're still those people who talk like we were in university last year, still. And Darren's 13 years older than me. So we are those parents. That's not his jam. And it blew our mind that he did not want to go to university. Like I, my husband lost sleepover. He just could not, he's thinking about all the doors that are closing and like all the things that he thought was right for him. And, you know, we got to the point where we're like, no, this is his life. Like he gets to decide what he likes. He decides what's best for him. Like our path is not his path. And learning who they are on their own, as opposed to what we think they should be, is actually really exciting when you take that pressure off and you change that mindset. Yeah. And, 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 then, and then the respect that he has for you guys for letting him make his own decisions makes the relationship better there, too. You could have lost a son about it. You know what I mean? Because I always say to my husband, I'm like, they have a choice whether they come home very soon. 
you know, they, once they step foot out of this door, they no longer have to come home. And I never want them to feel like they have to come home. I want them to want to come home. How old is that son, Jamie? He is turning 18 in a couple months. So he, does he graduate high school this year? He graduates high school this year. Yeah. What's his plan? He wants to do an apprenticeship, which is like a great, he wants to be an electrician. Like it's he great. has a plan. He has a plan. That's the right? best. He'll make a lot of money. Let me tell you, because there's not a ton of them anymore. No, no. And it's a great plan, but it was just not the plan that we thought, right? It's just, it's just really interesting. So can you tell me a little bit about the Tay Live brand? Because when you guys launched that and just like your conversation about sizing and kids, it was just a breath of fresh air for me because my daughter Reese is it's so weird. Like she's the ages and the sizes, how you're supposed to be the size that your age is with the kids stuff. That is not her size. And then when you guys decided to like change that conversation, I was like, okay, this is the new thing. Well, first of all, I mean, it's funny. Our daughter, our daughters outgrew the gap long before. I mean, you could still get things at the gap that said like 16, none of that, none of that fit them before they had even left like um, junior school, you know, like far before they, and so then we were like, what world would do we enter now to find them clothes? And there was a very limited, uh, stores for tween girls and we bought their size or what we thought was their size. And I mean, Kat had this one, this one post, but it was also, it was just a reality. She had ordered a jean shorts from like four different companies, all the same size and how they varied in the size. And the fact that these are all her size. So as the daughter, she sees, this is my age. This is what I am supposed to fit in. And I can't even fit in the biggest one. Who is this made for when we know our daughters in reality, although they were, you know, they were always really tall and bigger than a lot of their peers, in general, they were like an average size person, like person. There's no reason that none of that should have fit them. And that can be really confusing and a mind fuck for teenage girls. And we know, and I'm sure boys too. And we always are going to be, you know, worried about the pressures of, you know, them feeling the pressure of, to be like models and be skinny and, and, and all the eating disorders and everything that comes along with it, which is just, I mean, I mean, it's a huge fear. Everyone should at least be aware that it could happen to their child too. And we were like, ha- like so frustrated when we went to go buy them clothes. So when we wanted to start the Taylor brand, it was inspired by our daughters and we wanted to change the the number on it and do just a letter instead, which means it doesn't matter if you're 13 years old, you could wear an A or you could wear an F. To them, it's just, I mean, it's just a, it's a, it's a larger size, but it's not associated with their age and where they're supposed to be from like the general masses that manufacture these clothes for those that age child. We thought that would be easier. I think also it's the conversation we want to have and start and empower them in it rather than let's have them lead it. We can talk about it with them rather than us tell them that sizing is just wrong. There's so much more aware now of sizing. And I think that any parent listening should really show order three pairs. If you can afford it, three pairs of jeans from three different brands return them if you have to and show them this is what your size is. One of the brands that would be the most popular for tweens is Brandy Melville. And that is a one size fits all. And there's pants at that store. How could there be one size fits all? So how does everybody feel who picks up that one size fits all pair of pants and they don't fit? 
So true. So the Taylor brand is, it is a clothing line for kids. So you have sweaters and like that kind of stuff, right? So they've grown up. We really didn't want to put them on social uh, like as them until they were ready. And we didn't feel and like that time, like it was, I don't even know what year we started it, but I think since they're now, they're like, when are we dropping more merch? When are we doing, because now they have their own TikTok, their own friendship, their own ideologies, and they're a lot more active in the role. So you'll see it's Taylor Brand on TikTok and on Instagram, but they're like, I want, we want to do more because I think that, and their friends were buying it and supporting it. And it was just kind of like, be yourself, have fun. Like, let's do this. And like, let's stop talking and thinking about what we should be and let's just start being what we are because who you are in grade seven is not who you will be when you're 22. You know, like this is not who you are. This is just a stop along the way. But I think that Tay Libby is an ever changing brand dictated by a teen tween mind that is so refreshing to see because they're so like passionate, eager, excited. Like it's really great to see them come into their confidence being not the smallest girls in the world, challenging and questioning the whole world of what one should be. You know what I mean? So I really do think I have so much hope for the younger generation of just being unabashedly themselves without these constructs. And they're all about they, that, like, they're just so open-minded. They are. Yeah. It's, it's like a whole generation who's just calling like, bullshit on all the things that have been holding us all back. It's really neat. Social constructs can fuck it is what they're basically saying. Yeah. It's so good. Well, thank you so much, ladies. What do you guys have going on? You said you have lots of stuff in the pipeline. So what can people be excited about from you guys? We have a book launching on 2022. March, we have a new book called Mom Secrets coming out. It's out for pre-order now. Tour. What else do we have, Matt? We're releasing a whole bunch of new tour dates. Amazing. Okay, we will chat soon, ladies. Okay, bye. That's it for this one. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you haven't already, and if the podcast has been resonating with you, I would be forever grateful if you would head on over to iTunes and give the show a rating and a review. And if you know someone who would benefit from listening to this episode, be sure to send it their way. Now, if you are craving more, head to my website, jamiescrimger.com. There are lots of blog posts and podcast episodes and resources available for you over there. And if you really want to dive in, I do take on a limited number of coaching clients every month. So you can book one call or work with me for three months. Either way, we will create an individualized plan for your unique stepfamily situation. Remember, sitting around biatching about how hard being a stepmom is won't make being a stepmom any easier. If you want change in your life, it has to start with you. Chat with you next week.